Peds Pod Series 1, an aid for the MRCPCH clinical exam. Go! Hi, I'm Dr. Nike, consultant paediatric gastroenterologist at the Royal London Hospital. Today we're going to be talking about examining a child with jaundice. Do remember that the white sclera of the eyes are only yellow if the total bilirubin is at least above 50. There are only three possibilities for a jaundiced child. The most likely one to come up for the exams is the child with chronic liver disease. And the other possibilities are hemolytic disorders such as sickle cell disease or hereditary spherocytosis or even beta thalassemia. And the third most unlikely cause is Kriegler-Najjar syndrome with a very high unconjugated hyperbilirubinemia. We'll discuss chronic liver disease with jaundice first. Start the examination with the basics by looking at the hands, looking for clubbing, nail dystrophy, splinter hemorrhages, palmar erythema. Many trainees get excited about demonstrating the liver flap. However, it is quite unlikely in the exam to have a child with severe encephalopathy and a good liver flap. So don't get too carried away with this. Instead, focus on looking for the other signs of chronic liver disease, such as spider nevi. Remember, you can have less than five and it's still within the normal limits. You need to look for dilated abdominal vessels, otherwise known as caput medusa, and a distended abdomen possibly consistent with ascites. You will then move on to palpate the abdomen to demonstrate hepatosplenomegaly. There are some tips to gain as much information when it comes to examining the liver. Always start with the palpation low down in the right iliac fossa and use the edge of your hand. Remember, you're not kneading dough with your fingers. Work your way consistently up, asking the patient to appropriately breathe in. The liver, remember, moves downwards on inspiration and should hit the edge of the hand as you palpate. When you're examining the liver, you should be thinking about the liver edge, whether it is smooth or irregular. You need to think about liver consistency, whether it is soft, firm or hard. A soft liver is more consistent with a storage disorder or metabolic condition or hemolysis. A firm liver is consistent with fibrosis and a hard liver is suggestive of liver cirrhosis. When it comes to measuring the liver, there are some useful tips. The landmarks are measuring in the midclavicular line below the subcostal margin. Please do use a measuring tape as everyone's fingers are different sizes. The other landmark that is helpful is the anterior axillary line. And this is because the liver enlarges in a non-uniform way. To palpate the spleen, you should also start in the right iliac fossa and work your way diagonally across. Occasionally, a very large spleen can be missed because you've started too high up. To measure it, the landmark should be where the anterior axillary line meets the subcostal margin and you want to measure the maximum length of the spleen 
towards the right iliac fossa. In the presence of a patasplenomegaly, you should always try and demonstrate ascites. And remember, the patient with minimal ascites on an ultrasound is not likely to be the one in the exam. Palpation should always be followed by percussion, as you know. Again, remember to start in the right iliac fossa as low down as possible and persistently work your way up until you demonstrate the difference and have percussed the lung. This is because you wish to demonstrate the liver span to genuinely differentiate between a patient who has hyperinflation of the lungs and has pushed their liver down to someone who actually has a genuinely enlarged liver. With regards to the liver span, a quick tip, five centimeters for the child up to five years old, seven centimeters for ages between five and seven, and 10 centimeters for ages seven to 10 and actually into adulthood. Don't forget that in advanced liver disease, as the liver becomes increasingly cirrhotic, it does shrink. So you may see a patient who is significantly jaundiced with advanced liver disease, but no palpable liver. We have focused on liver disease as the major cause of jaundice, but don't forget about the other causes previously mentioned. In hemolysis, the liver is soft, only slightly enlarged, two to three centimeters, and the spleen is usually not particularly enlarged, three to four centimeters. The ethnic background is a good tip. Sickle cell in Afro-Caribbeans, beta thalassemia in Asians, hereditary serocytosis in Caucasians. Usually for the exam, you are likely to find someone with beta thalassemia who has other signs of extramedullary hemoparesis, such as frontal bossing and abnormal bones. I did mention Kriegel in a jar. This is a rare disorder and it's unconjugated hyperbilirubinemia. However, the child won't have any abdominal masses and won't actually have any other signs. The key question for this diagnosis is how long they've had the jaundice and whether or not they receive daily phototherapy. So to conclude, if you see a child that is jaundice, take a few seconds out to think, is this liver disease or not? Is this hemolysis or not? Then go on to perform a full abdominal examination, starting out with the hands. Keep calm and good luck. Thank you for listening.